This is the Misdirected Mark Podcast, a podcast about gaming, game mastering, and entertaining you, our listeners. We are explicit, you have been warned, and I'd like to thank Mike Willard for letting us use his music on our show. Now let's pick up those mics and get on with this thing. Okay, well, I got the donuts. And I brought some beverages. Hey, I got some hot food for like lunch and stuff. All right, and I got some board games. I brought a bunch of whole bunch of short role playing games. I invited a bunch of people to come over who we have not seen in quite a while. Yeah, it's been too long. Time for Fred Con. It is con season after all. And that's true because that is the four hundred thirty ninth episode of the Mister Mark Podcast. So that we're going to discuss friend cons, which are those small game days that bring their overlapping groups of friends. Along the way, we'll take suggestions examples and questions from the chat room for life before heading into the after show but first my name is jerry my name is phil and i am old man logan all right welcome again to the misdirected rock podcast kids you're all kids because i'm old hence old man logan if you haven't figured that out after um like 300 episodes i don't know what you've been doing watching it's true you are old. Uh, <laughs> 300 no yeah 300 ish 350 something like that 350 anyhow 350 <laughs> I just gave it a lot of monsters, 350. Like I guess I guess say, you wouldn't have goddamn lots of monsters. I don't know that is. <laughs> All right, it's time for our temperature check to see how everybody's feeling tonight. How's everybody doing? Phil, my friend. Uh, I'm I'm tired, my friends. I, I am you. tired. I am, uh, I got a lot of stuff going on. Um, work's busy. Outside of work is uh, busy. And um, it's not, it's not going to let up for a little while. I got another couple weeks of this. Um, and then I think it will finally, um, it will finally start to slow down. Um, I'll probably be ready to talk about it all in a, in a week or two. Uh, but anyway, I'm, uh, I'm holding up. I'm, uh, I'm taking it easy. I'm, uh, I'm like following, like I'm following my body. Right. So when, in, when I'm sore, I stop, I slow yeah. down instead of just, you know, taking Advil, you know, pushing through, um, and so far, okay, I'm running a marathon, not a sprint, so I gotta like kind of keep this going for for a little while. So anyway, I'm uh, I'm okay, not fantastic, but not terrible. How about you, Bob? I am uh, I'm pretty good. Um, physically, um, a bunch of my different arthritis started acting up over the last week or so. Um, my neck was like last weekend was just <laughs> pissing me off. It was angry. Angry, 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 and my uh, my arthritis in my foot um, was getting really bad. So I went and I got my periodic shot that, that I get roughly every six months. I was like a month overdue for it, so no wonder it was really cranky. And the first day it hurt like hell, and then the next day everything was mellow. And then today it just started acting up and yelling at me again. I'm like, really? This is what we're gonna do? So, but and other you had than the that, neck, you had the neck thing going on Sunday. Oh yeah, just it's been. Uh, so I'm, you know, doing my exercise. I got to get another massage because uh, the massage always helps, especially good deep tissue. Because when I went in uh, last week, the massage therapist told me that my neck was super, super tight. The muscles were like steel fibers. It was ridiculous. So, how, anywho. How, how, um, how uh, long after a deep tissue massage is it supposed to, like, wear off? Does the pain wear off? Um, it depends on, on, on how much... Um, whether or not it's deep tissue to begin with and how deep they go. Um, if you've got someone that puts a super ton of pressure on and you really need like to, to give some knots a work, uh, a workout, um, then, you know, maybe a day and a half, two days, 
Okay. Yeah, like like anything I, with muscles. Yeah. Um, usually it's not the day after. It's the day after the day after when wow. it really goes, uh. But the big thing with, with massages is drink a metric shit ton of water. Okay. Because your muscles need the water to replenish and hydrate and be supple. So if you get a massage, when you walk out of the massage, be prepared to drink like four or five, six glasses of water like immediately. Just just drink them. Like if you get a water bottle that holds three 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 cups, drink a whole bottle. Okay. Because I've, I've only had it once and I was sore for like two, three days. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not surprised. But you got you, you yeah. to keep the water up for sure. So there's our lesson on massages. That's all. Thank you. I mean, that, that, that tells me a lot more. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, cool. other than that, um, I'm, I'm, I have my own version of busy going on. So mentally I've been a little, uh, pulled in multiple directions and, and, and occasionally a wee bit frazzled, um, got a freelance thing that I'm finishing up, uh, tomorrow night. Um, last night I, I pushed through and did a whole, I think I did a whole like four or five hours on it. Um, rather than doing like three, three and a half and, and then taking a break, I just pushed through and then went to bed. Um, so that, that'll finish off tomorrow and then that'll be off my plate and I can relax a little bit and focus on work and <laughs> the upcoming move, <laughs> yeah. which who knows where that's going to Yeah. Happen. How is, uh, how is, um, we will talk about hunt? that in the one thing. Oh, okay. Yes. Cool. Cool. Jerry, how are you feeling? Pretty good for the most part. Uh, a little tired this week. Um, for me, this is uh, the beginning <laughs> of our really busy season. Um, and to pop that off, I have, uh, we're hiring and then training uh, two new employees. So that's going to be a lot of running around. In the meantime, recovering for an employee that left. So um, lots of travel. Uh, I've been scooting across New York State quite a bit. And that's been, uh, it's been good to listen to podcasts finally. Something I haven't done a lot of lately. Um, but it also means that I'm you know, going out of town a little bit, going overnight a little bit. Um, so it sometimes messes with my sleep schedule a little bit. Because for the most part, I've been getting to bed earlier than I was like last year at this time where I was normally crawling in the bed at like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. Mm. Now I'm now, now normally I go to bed about a half an hour after Bob does. Um, I'm normally <laughs> hitting bed up, hitting the pillow between 1130 and 12, which for me is like going to bed, you know, when all the kids are still up. So, uh, I'm currently, t- I'm currently at three, three fifteen. Yeah. Like I'm in the, I'm in the disaster sleep hmm. zone at this point. Yeah, but, yeah, but when do you get up though? Seven thirty. Okay, see, I get up at about I get up a little after six, so I've also got another hour hour time on that. But uh, no, it's it, like I said, it's it's I'm feeling pretty. No, good it's nice. Don't time. get me wrong. I'm not bragging. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not bragging. I'm longing for the days where I get some uh, I get some additional sleep. Well, hopefully yeah. that'll be not not too much longer. Yeah. Hopefully very soon. All right, so, but that's my topic. So I'm 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 there. I'm getting through, and uh, you know, and we had some things that happened this weekend that kind of gave me some energy. So we'll talk about that in just a second. There you go. All right. So the one thing, uh, as noted last week for anybody who was listening to the show or who has checked out the podcast version from last week, uh, my house is um, being sold. Um, When last we left our our, our exciting story, I had a whole shit ton of bids. Um, We picked one out. We accepted it. Um, Contracts have been signed. And a tentative uh, uh, closing date has been set for the 16th of July. So I've got a month uh, to work with there for now. Um, the, the buyers also were gracious enough to agree to a 90-day rent back, which means that they are basically going to let me stay in the house 
for up to 90 days after closing as long as I pay them 800 bucks a month. And I'm like, okay, that is more than fair for, yes, uh, for extending the amount of time before they can get in. I'm hoping I mm-hmm. don't need that 90 days um, because that basically puts it at four total months from now. Um, if I can't find a place in four months, I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> you want to you see somebody break down? <laughs> Talk to me in four months. If I don't have a house, it'll be, it'll be ugly. Um, but yeah, so uh, it, it happened way faster than I expected. But with this buyer's market, uh, apparently that's the thing. Uh, seller's market, sorry. Um, houses seller's are going market. up for sale and then they're gone, which is why yeah. it's a daunting task to find a new place to live because things are coming up on the market and people are bidding like crazy and then they're bidding like 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 out of control and then sales are being made. So um, my realtor uh, is supposed to um, hopefully have someplace for me to walk through on Thursday at lunchtime oh, to take a look at something. Oh, um, so where? Nice. Where? Um, I don't know. We have a list of four that are kind of scattered around the Amherst E type area, Amherst and Northish. Um, okay. So, so we'll see. Um, so that has been my um, my thing. Um, I also had the surprise news that Chictawaga needs me to have them come in for an inspection of all of the um, potential um, drainage into the sewer system, uh, much like Tanawanda, I believe. You are not allowed to have downspouts or your sump pump pump directly into the sewer system. The sanitary sewer, yes. That, yeah, that yeah. My correct. my sump pump pumps to, like out to my lawn. Exactly. And, yeah. That's where mine goes. So and uh, but yeah, all my downspouts, point, all my downspouts were removed. Downspouts down into drainage that yeah. went out to the sewer system. You're like, no. Yeah, that, that that's not just Erie County. That's almost everywhere now. Every place I've ever looked at yeah. something, that's, that's a big concern. Yeah. But because given I my track with record yeah. with the town, um, <laughs> I, I fully expect them to come back and be like, oh, we got a thing here that you have to fix, and we want you to fix it before you sell the house. And do, me um, and my realtor are going to look at them and go, no. <laughs> do you know um, if they're going to um, – like I know when my um, – not not to turn this into a show about real estate, but I know when the owners who move – who sold us this place – when they were when they closed on it they had to put the sump pump in because there wasn't one and they had to put the um hardwired um smoke detector system in um in for that do you know if that's going to be a thing you're going to need to do um according to everything that we've done um i am theoretically according to uh, the plan that we put forth and, and everything my real estate agent has told me um, we did this as an as-is sale, meaning that if there's anything that needs to be done, the buyer agrees they will take care of it after taking possession. And you have I a very not, good real. You have a very good realtor. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I am not responsible for anything. So okay, good, good. Because I just plan. like like because <laughs> I know that like I know that was a thing when um like I know when I when I first went through the basement there was no sump pump, and then right. when we got here there was a sump pump. Yeah. Um, see when I when, when I sold my house I had to buy my last house. Um I found out that the previous inspector who they actually inspected my house without me there when I bought the first one, but I was like twenty four, so I didn't know any better. Um when I bought the when I went to sell the house, it turns out that I had um a pipe that was one of the main sewer pipes for the house that wasn't secured. It was it had been just pipe clamped on and stuck into the wall and stuck into another pipe and there was nothing secured, so I had to have that fixed. And I had to have a couple of ground fault interrupters. 
Um, aside from that, I lived in Cuga County at the time. I had to have two smoke detectors and a uh, carbon monoxide detector in the house, but just having three unopened packages sitting on the kitchen table was good enough for them. Yeah. So I don't know they were there for the, but yeah. Yeah. So I've already got those kind of things. I already have hardwired because when we did the addition upstairs, all the electrical mm-hmm. had to be um, inspected by the town. So like, they're like, no, you have to have this, yada, yada, yada. Okay, so, good. Yeah. So theoretically... Yeah. I'm I'm done with doing any kind of updates to this house, and the buyers are responsible cool. for everything per their. That's own the reasons. best. Yeah, that's so the best, man. That's great. It's just a matter of whether or not Chikdawaga decides to add something to the list of them for them <laughs> to do. But, um, but yeah, so um, it's been it's been a little hectic, and I got to, I have to make a push now. Like I said, I was working on this freelance <laughs> gig that was um, um, my deadline is next week, Monday, I think, or Tuesday, Monday. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, I knew I could get it done sooner. I had three weeks to do it and, and I, I knew I could come in under, but I wanted to get it out of the way because I wanted it done and I wanted to get paid for it. Cause that's extra money for, you know, shopping for house yeah. things. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. Yeah. But yeah. now plus to have it out of the way so that I could focus on the day job and then all my other free time, <laughs> you know, doing whatever I can to get yeah. the house ready to, 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 uh, to move out. So. Start packing, be, friends. Start packing. Yeah, us. I'm. I'm. I'm and and I, I have. I have an. I have a paper box for you in my car, by the way. Awesome. That's fabulous because I figure, <laughs> uh, two maybe three. I've got one here in my room behind me that I can empty out of some of the crap that's in it and put that in a different box because those paper boxes are really good for books. Phil knows when I moved into the Seneca yeah. Street place, I had like a dozen of those all filled with books. Um, yeah, and, I have like. I have like, if you need them, I have like twenty or more um, plastic milk crates. Yeah, that I've used for various things. That's where I packed a lot of my game books and, and things like that in. But I'm also just gonna—I think I'm just gonna go to the office and just tomorrow just empty out the next two more paper boxes because that'd don't be care. fabulous. Because like I said, I for for the living room area right now, I've got like two or three shelves with with uh, hard covers in them. And I figure two or three boxes should cover all of those and we'll get those cleaned up and, and prepped and ready to go. And then, you know, there's other stuff. So anyhow, I, if you're, if you're not opposed to just putting down a few bucks, um, the U-Haul place on the corner by my, like down the corner for me again, sorry guys, this is where it's still the yeah. U-Haul place is um, they sell boxes. Like they sell large, yeah. medium and small boxes and every kind of packing supply imaginable, like, uh, special boxes for dishes for glasses mm-hmm. like you can just go in there and you know i mean you'll drop a few bucks but yeah like you'll come out with some like pretty sturdy like boxes with handles and and all yeah. that stuff. i've got let a fair amount size. of boxes let- already um of varying sizes i've got um like six same size boxes that um the backpacks came in that they gave us for yeah. um for work when they gave mm-hmm. backpacks to all the employees so i got like six of those big boxes um so, and, and my ex, when she moved out, she's got a whole bunch of boxes that she is currently unpacking. So I'm like, you're going to give them to me <laughs> to help yeah. me when I move. So, so yeah, it's, it, I think I'm going to be okay on boxes, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll keep all that other stuff in mind too. Plus we, we recycle so many boxes every week and I've just got my shipping guy, like any box that's in good shape, he's just setting aside in case you need it. Okay. So we got to, 
we got to yeah, blitz gotta through the rest of this opening. We're like, yeah. we're dogging. I think we've got a relatively okay. light show too. So I don't think we killed yeah. ourselves with this lengthy segment, but yes. No, no, but I'm we got to pick up, we got to pick up the pace. And when yeah. Phil tells you, we got to pick up the pace. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we might go long. All right. So uh, my one thing is going to be uh, MIS con. So uh, we did our friend con this past weekend. Um, we used my training room uh, at my office to get together a bunch of people so we could play some games. And it was fun just to, this is my first time gaming with people in public, in, you know, in uh, face-to-face. I know that Bob and Phil have done it with a few different groups. Uh, I did it just briefly with a different group, but not with this group. And so it was my first time to sit down and see, like, Phil and Sean and Jim again and uh, just kind of hang out and, and play. So it was a lot of fun. We had to play some games, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. Um, had some good food and, um, and it tried to be very easy to arrange the room so if we want to do something like that again we've got it easy enough to just put the whole thing together so um so it was nice it was good to have a good friend con well uh my one thing is your one thing um <laughs> Ms. Khan was uh was great um we're going to talk about it a lot more in detail when we get into yeah. the main segment talking about uh friend cons uh specifically so um i i'll hold us at that no longer and i will um i will usher us into announcements bob we all we all have announcements tonight yes so we bob, all have announcements so um, some of you may remember this um, back in August of 2019, when we were ramping up the forums, um, we decided to have a giveaway and there's a post in the, uh, in the welcome area from uh, Rob Abrazado detailing the contest where if you make an introductory post saying, hello, I'm in the forums, you know, this is who I am. Um, that when we got to a hundred of those, uh, non-networky people, so no, none of the hosts of the shows are eligible. Once we got to 100, we would give away Bag Thulu dice bag from uh, Wayward Masquerade and a She's a Super Geek dice bag. And uh, and then it kind of faded into obscurity, <laughs> partly because pandemic, you know. <laughs> uh, so I looked at that and went, wow. Um, and we did not reach the 100 mark. So executive decision was made and... We are giving everyone in the in the public uh, one last chance uh, until July 30th. Between now and July 30th, if you are a member of the forums and you have not yet made your introduction post, go and do so. And tell your friends who have been thinking about joining the forums and maybe were waffling. If they want a shot at winning a dice bag, join the forums, make an introductory post. And then uh, on August 1st, we will go through, figure out all of the uh, people who made introductory posts that are not hosts of the show or the network, and we will draw our two random winners for those two dice bags. So uh, there you go. The dice bag uh, forum giveaway has been resurrected, and uh, hopefully um, we don't forget about it. <laughs> Alrighty, good, 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 good. Um, I will do two quick ones. Uh, we are in week 15 of Voyager. Food of our Voyager watch party. Um, tonight's episodes take us, uh, we cross over from season five into season six. Uh, it is a, uh, fantastic two part episode that we'll be watching in the watch party tonight. And then I'm just going to tease here. Cause I told, I told a couple of people, but I'm just going to tease it here. Um, for not tonight's watch party, but the next one, next, next week's watch party, we will have, um, a special guest, um, a special guest joining us for the watch party because uh, we will be watching a particular episode uh, that they are excited about. Ooh, 
I should go and see so, if I can find a clip of the old uh, Mickey Mouse Club uh, Tuesday song. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, yeah. So, um, again, Voyager, like at this point, you should only be jumping into this watch party thing. If you're like familiar with Voyager, uh, you can always go back in the forums and uh, you can play the home game um, and just like watch the lists that we have put out there. Or if you I guess really when I'm done, I should post them. I guess when I'm done, we should post them somewhere besides on the forum. Like I have a pretty nice collated list for. That's um, not a bad idea. For you know, I have a shortened list for TNG, but um, I have a full DS9 and and Voyager list that I'm pretty proud of. Um, anyway, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention um, is that on 6:29 we will not be recording, so there'll be no live show 6:29. There will still be a watch party on 6:29, um, which means that for uh, our live folks. Uh, don't show up on 629 for our um, for our friends who listen via podcast drop. It means that there will not be a dropped show on the week of July 5th. Yes. So that'll be the that'll be the one that's missing. Um, we are not pod fading or anything, um, although there may be some other missed episodes in July. Uh, more details for all of that um, to come in the next couple of weeks. We'll talk more about that um, uh, in a little more detail. But just so that you know, do not, on the week of 7-5, expect to find a, um, a show from us. Uh, we will be off that week. Um, I think that uh, we made that same announcement on Pandas last night. That will be true for Pandas as well. So um, there'll be no Pandas. There'll be no Misdirected Mark that week. The rest of the network will pick up the slack. All right. All right, Jerry, on to another right. exciting announcement. And starting on Thursday of this week. We have a new pot, uh, a new live stream. They're a super geek. This is live to the Mr. Marcus channel this Thursday. It's an actual play one-shot live stream that has the voices of marginalized folk in the tabletop role-playing game scene. Uh, you can catch them starting at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, at 7 p.m. The Queen's Time, and at every other week from here on out. Um, you can catch up with them. Uh, there's a post on the Slack room, but just tune right into this exact channel. This week on Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to catch Vera Super Geek. Brand awesome. new show. I'm excited. I'm excited. Very cool. Yep. All right. Excellent. That brings us to our workshop segment. FriendCon! FriendCon! Get your friends together, play some games. Sometimes it's called the game day. It's a friend con. Get together because you don't trust going out to a big unvaccinated convention this early at the end of the pandemic. You got to just do it with your friends in the friend con. Don't suck. Don't suck. All right. Um, basically, with people getting vaccinated and infection rates dropping in many areas, we're starting to see the return to face-to-face gaming. Um, but to be honest, a lot of us are still uncertain about conventions, uh, both Concerns about being large groups with unvaccinated people, and also just the general hygiene of what's going on. So, we want to still get together with people, larger groups of people than just our one, just our, our normal smaller game groups. And so, we decided to look at other ways to do that. So, tonight we're going to talk about the Friend Con, which is basically a mini convention or game day with your friends. Um, we're going to talk about why you might want to organize one. We're going to talk about some tips on how to organize it. We're going to share our experiences with attending them. Awesome. So, Phil, yeah. do we have any definitions that we need to cover? Uh, yeah, so I think we should, hey, I think we should define... You are in the presence <laughs> of Definition Panda. 
I rolled over the part of the notes where it had the bumper in there. I it's all right. It. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's just let's just be clear on uh, a couple terms, right? Convention, right? We all know what a game convention is, right? It's a large gathering. Um, everybody's there to play a variety of of games. Uh, a while ago, many many years ago, on pandas, um, we did. A uh, whole thing on defining conventions and and defining um, defining convention sizes, large, medium, and small. Um, but you know these things run you know a couple ranges. Um, I don't think we're going to see any large ones right now. I think Gen Con is scaled down. That's probably the largest one we'll see this year. Um, Origins um, is still going on. Game Hole, which is like a medium sized convention, is um, uh, is a go. I've not heard anything. Um, I haven't I haven't done a lot of looking, but I also haven't heard anything about Metatopia um, at this out. point. What's that? They're holding out for a little further down the line before they okay. make an announcement. Okay. Yeah. So um convent those so those so the traditional gaming convention, right, is a gathering of people to play games, um, to go to panels, to socialize, that kind of thing. Um they come in different sizes, right? From the um from really small cons, which uh, I'm huge I'm a huge fan of small cons. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to have one here ourselves, right? The Queen City Conquest. Yep. Um, and then all the way up to like the really big cons like um like Gen Con, um, like uh yes. Essen, those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure we'll see in a, like in a year or two come back to full strength, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are like really big spectacles. Okay. In contrast to that, let's talk about friend cons and game days. These are essentially the same term mm-hmm. um so we'll use them probably interchangeably tonight friend con and 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 um and game day um a friend con is a small gathering of people that is larger than your gaming group but still consists of mostly your circle of friends maybe like a ring out from your circle of friends like friends of mm-hmm. friends kind of thing um and they they range from you know six to eight people to like 20 or so people. There's no real, um, there's no real hard numbers for that. Uh, game day on the other hand can also be like a friend con, but uh, a lot of times you will see, uh, stores and stuff make references to game days, Mm -hmm. uh, where they'll just open up a few tables in the back of the store and invite strangers. And maybe that's our definition, uh, where we're going to carve our definition is that a friend con tends to be, uh, all people that you know or are connected to, like, you know, in one one degree or another, where a game day uh, could be an open event, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, we have a local store in town, and if they have a game day, uh, anybody could show up yep. uh, to the game day and play. All right, so that, that's going to be our definition, right? Friend con yep. is, uh, is like personal acquaintances and friends of friends, and a game day is like a wide open thing. Size-wise, they're about the same. And duration-wise, um, game day is usually just a one-day event. A friend con can be one day or more, right? So it could be a weekend. Um, it could be uh, it could be a single day of gaming. It could be multiple days of gaming. We'll talk about some of that as we talk about how to yeah. kind of put together a friend con. Like those are some of your, your logistics. Um, yeah, those are our definitions for tonight. So keep awesome. those in mind. A lot of what we're going to talk about for friend con will also apply to game day. Yeah as well cool all right right. the burning question why a friend con well the safety factors uh the big reason is we want to play games um this is a good time to play games especially games you wanted to play 
but you haven't quite gotten a chance to try. You've got this game that you've had, or you're not sure it's going to be something that your group wants to play full time, but this is a good time to toss it out there and see what you think, what you think about it. Yeah, we uh, we actually took the opportunity to introduce our friend Jim to two of the games that I designed um, that he hadn't gotten an opportunity to play. Mm-hmm. The other reason I have a friend on is give you a chance to play games with a different group than the one you originally tried them with. Um, these are still friends of yours, but maybe you've got different friend groups. For example, I know that all three of us have overlapping game groups that have some players that are the same and some that are in other groups. This is a chance to bring people in and try uh, a different group with the same game. Um, it's also a good chance to just see friends you haven't seen in a while. Just to get together, say hi, maybe you talk online all the time, maybe you play in different game groups, but you chat, but now's a chance to get together and see each other. Um, and lastly, it's just a chance to socialize. Sit together, tell stories, discuss questions, talk about game theory, um, discuss theories on the latest Marvel show, all that kind of fun stuff. So it's basically a chance to get together with people and play a bunch of games and socialize. Yeah, and so when you are setting up a friend con, uh, one of the really important things is to uh, think about what your goal is for this friend con. Um, what like is this going to be primarily a board game convention? Is this really a party with just a little bit of a little bit of gaming in it? Is this, um, you know, a desire to do some like, you know, some indie role playing or play some stuff you haven't played before? Like there are, you know, or maybe want to have a revival, like play some like, like, hey, we're going to do a game. We're going to do a friend con, but we're only doing um, we're only doing retro games. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we're like everybody bring your favorite 80s. We're you know, TSR Gangbusters and Star Frontiers, baby. That's right. Right. You could totally do that. Right. Um but it and the reason I say it's important to have goals is because and I think this is more true for a friend con than a game day. Like when I go to a game day and I don't and I only know a couple of people there, mm-hmm. I'm there to play games, right? Yeah. Because I don't really know everybody and like I, I'm I, I came in to play some games and if and if we aren't playing games, then like I I, I like why am I there? Right. At a friend con, I am with all my friends. Yeah. So if we're not playing games. I'm hanging with all my friends and, and that's cool, right? Like yeah. that's totally fine. Um, but it, but without an idea of what you're going to do, like you'll just like, you will slide into uh, hang out and socialize. And there's to be clear, nothing wrong with that. But if you were really trying to scratch your RPG itch, yep. and, like you didn't kind of set that as a focus or a goal for the friend con. And now everybody's hanging out chatting you might be like, oh, this was fun, but I wish we could have played like, you know, X, Y, Z kind of thing. Um, so it it is good to have some goals. Um, I will also say this for a friend con, these are your friends. So don't try to like, don't die on this hill, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> shoot for like, well, we want to get some role playing in. And if it happens, it's great. And if it doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world. You're with your friends, yeah, right? Exactly. Like don't, um, don't freak out or anything. But again, it's good to have some focus. Mm-hmm. All right. The next thing we're going to talk about is safety. Um, there's a couple different levels for safety. First, is physical safety. You may want to ask yourself, you know, is everybody vaccinated? Um, is everybody still comfortable gaming while masked? Are they comfortable sitting in large groups? Do you need to be masked? Um, make sure you've got things down pat, like, you know, is the place clean? Do you have the right environment? Do you have heat in the winter and AC in the summer? Um, I've been in a couple of uh, friend cons where Temperature was a big concern towards the end of the, end of the convention. 
Um, these are all things we want to consider ahead of time. Um, and, and for us, we knew everybody in our group was vaccinated. Um, so we agreed that we could all meet without a mask, but we still kept reasonable social distances, um, hugs notwithstanding, um, and kept the, kept it open enough that we could all kind of spread out. The other thing is you want to remember that you still want to have your safety tools there. Even among friends, you want to discuss your safety tools. And if you've got larger groups, make sure that everybody understands the safety tools you're going to be using if they're all available, because different game groups may use different safety tools, and not everybody's going to be familiar with what you're using. And so just because we might use the OK check-in and the X card might mean that a different group uses other safety tools and might not be aware of what the OK check-in is. So just go ahead and just discuss it briefly to make sure everybody's comfortable and familiar with it. And because we are all there to have fun and we're all friends, this is a good chance to just kind of get this out in the open. What about logistics, Phil? Yeah. So, um, listen, this is like where you got to like get into like a little bit of planning. It, it, it's cool to be like, Hey, we're going to have a game, you know, we're going to have a, a friend con and to whip up a list of, um, of people. But now you really got to start thinking about where are you going to have this group of people, right? Like, does anyone have the space to, you know, to accommodate a friend con? Um, way back in the day, um, when Bob and I lived in a duplex, we, we, we could have housed three floors of gaming um, because we had a basement that had a full long table. We had Bob's kitchen, with, um, which is like the biggest kitchen I've ever seen <laughs> in an apartment in my life. It, it really should have been a kitchen and a second bedroom if they had like redone the walls properly. Um, but Bob had this huge kitchen, which also had a ginormous table for like you could play like six person D and D at. You could play six person D and D, and somebody could have cooked dinner. Yep, and would not have bumped into each other. Um, and then we and then and then up in my uh, place, we had um we had a living room with couches, and, um, coffee table, and stuff for kind of um more theater of the mind action kind of games. So like we like logistics wise. Um, for space planning, if if back in the day we wanted to do a friend con, one, we could have actually housed a decent number of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, if, as I forgot, there was a bathroom in the basement. Yep. So we actually had um, like we actually had facilities where we could have run three floors of of gaming without inter like without interfere. And that's not even using like Bob's living room. Right. Yep. Like we would have done fine. God, we that was a-, a really good space, Bob. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Norm, normally every fall a uh, part of uh, uh, a part of, of mine and a friend of uh, Ann from Gnome Stew uh, holds a, a convention at his house it's a friend con um, that is they've got a three story Victorian and depending on the number of people there we can use up to six different tables at once um, because of spacing and everything else and so we've had a number of different uh, friend cons with up to I think the most we've ever had there were about 20-25 people um, from different overlapping game groups. So if you've got the space, um, it's there. But the big thing to remember is sound. Sound is a major thing with friend cons. Yeah. So, like, is there anything around that, like, again, so if you're talking about, like, a Victorian house, um, you know, maybe the house is noisy, but, like, maybe it won't be too bad for the neighbors. Um, we were in that duplex. We were the only people in it. We could have made whatever sound we wanted. Schmitty um, in the chat room just brought up a good point. Schmitty's actually um, about to go to a friend con uh, and they got an Airbnb. Uh-huh. So there's a, you know, there's an opportunity to get a house um, with multiple bedrooms, with multiple play spaces that, um, that you can rent. Right. Uh-huh. Um, 
in our case for our con, our friend con this past weekend, we actually used uh, Jerry's company's uh, conference room, which again, um, I, you know, for sound purposes was perfectly fine. No one was in your offices. No. Um, and the conference room was up and away from the main office area anyway. Um, when I said sound, I mean, so we don't have problems that we've had at things like at like like breakout con where our tables are so close together that you can't hear players. Oh, sorry. You're, you yes, you're, a, you're, yeah, you want to have a place big enough. So like, at, for example, in my, in my conference center, I've got a 36-person classroom. So we were able to set tables far enough apart. You could have two or three tables playing. There's also uh, two balcony areas you could put on. At, in the Victorian house, there are doors that can be closed between rooms, that sort of thing. Because if you've got you know, 20 people playing games at, at four different tables, there's going to be some noise. You are 100% yeah. correct, right? And so yeah. depending on what the mix is, I mean, you could have one table that's trying to play a serious role-playing game mm-hmm. with some interpersonal drama, and you've got another table that decides to whip out Happy Salmon. Yes. Yes. The, the role-playing just, table I, is not going to get shit done. <laughs> I no. I, I, once, um, I once played at, um, at Gen Con. I once played in one of the um, hotels in one of those like rooms where they would have like three or four tables. Mm-hmm. I, I went and I was playing iron heroes and um, the table adjacent to us sets up for their game and it's tune. And I know wow. it's tune, not because I saw the rule book because the guy pulls out a giant um, inflatable mallet from a box that they, they brought in and put on the floor. And I'm like, well, this game is about to get a lot harder to play. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I had to really, like I had to really focus and pay attention. So yeah. So sound. All right. So I was talking about sound as in don't piss off your neighbors, but Jerry yeah. brings up a good point. Also sound is in, um, do you have space that is conducive to having multiple groups playing without interfering with each other? So again, things like multiple floors, different rooms mm-hmm. um, is definitely thing. If you have one room, is it big enough? Yeah. Um, based on the number of people you're having. Let me run through a couple of other things. Restroom facilities, um, friend cons, people have to go to the bathroom. Um, yeah. Do you have enough bathrooms, right? Like in our duplex, we had three bathrooms. That would have been great. Um, what is the accessibility of food, right? Yeah. Um, and, and this is a consideration. So like if you're doing the Airbnb thing like Schmitty is, are people bringing food and you're going to cook there and eat? Because that has that has been... Um, a thing that I have wanted to plan for a while, which is a friend con that includes like people making food and sharing mm-hmm. it and things like that. Mm-hmm. But you need to know that, like, do you have the facilities for, mm-hmm. for doing that? Um, or if you're not, you're going to order out. Is there stuff where you're located? It doesn't have to be a wide array of things as long as there's a couple good things. Like yeah. in the case of Jerry's place, there's it's nothing. out a bit. Yeah, but the pizza place was the pizza place was perfectly serviceable. Oh yeah, Rivas Rivas has good pizza, but that's about the closest thing that has good food. Um, everything else is is a good five miles away. So yeah, so so in that case, what what we know is that <clears throat> if we had to go get food, there'll be a major disruption to the game. Yeah. Whereas, um, whereas we knew, like, if we ordered food from, like, if we all just get pizza, we you know we could get it. But you could have a game located someplace where there's a whole lot of restaurants or whatever, and you could just have a time where people break, run out, get food, and come back. These, you know, take that into account. Um, let's see. Okay, so those are like your big logistics tables, bathrooms, 
Um, I will say heating and cooling, like having a big space is great in the summer, but if your big space is not air conditioned and you pack like 12 of your friends in it, um, yeah. it could be very uncomfortable. That was not a problem at Jerry's. That place was perfectly temperature controlled. Yeah. However, if we, if we had so many people that we had to put some place, some tables out on the balcony, that is not air conditioned. Correct. So that would have been um, warmer. Likewise, when Bob and I, our duplex was not air conditioned. So um, not ideal for the hottest months, but yep. would have been great for a fall friend con. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Next one we'll talk, we'll talk about it in a second. Jerry's going to talk about scheduling, about how to schedule, like, like figuring all that out. Um, the next one I'll mention is mm-hmm. how many people are going to be at your con. And I'm going to just talk about this in a couple dimensions, right? So yeah. first of all, what is the total number of people you think you could potentially pull into the con, right? Figure that out. Mm-hmm. You know, if we get this game group, this game group, this game group, how many people is that? Um, then there's going to be like the, like, can we all get there on a particular day? That's part of scheduling. Um, and then you got to account for some people not making it last minute. Uh, this is actually like a little bit of a, this is what got us, um, when we did ours. And the reason I say that's important is because when you're doing a friend con, um, you're going to have a, a relatively small number of people, right? So like I said, somewhere from like six to like maybe 20 on the high end before it gets like really out of like really out of uh, really big. And if you're going to do role-playing games, right? Role-playing games are done in multiples of four or five. I You could go bigger, right? Like people like, you know, I say that and then immediately somebody yeah. will be like, I run an eight player table of D&D, right? Sure, whatever. I'm just going to go with four or five yeah. for my point here. Typical role-playing game is typically four players, one GM, or three players, one GM, four or five. So when you look at your numbers, if you can get 10 people, you have about two role-playing tables, right? That's important. We had about 10 people scheduled, right? I think that was, was it 10? Eight. We had eight people scheduled, two groups of four. That's two role-playing tables. Mm -hmm. Then we lost two people for scheduling purposes. We then went down to six. Now, six is an odd number for gaming, right? So six is a little too big for many of the games that we like to play. So um, it kind of took us out of, like, from stuff that we had prepped, it kind of took us out of being able to play those games. And it's on the high end. It's it's towards the high end of a lot of board games. So it then starts to narrow, like, which board games you can play. Because like maybe we can get up to six, um, maybe we can get up to six, but um, you got to add like the the special expansion to the game to play the six yep. player, you know whatever. And so we we wound up we wound up falling into and this was and you know again this is just natural scheduling happens. Um, we fell into this weird place where we actually couldn't do any role playing because if we did, it would have like left like two people like sitting out. And we were like, eh, like, why would you do that for a couple yeah. hours? Like, let, you know, make them sit over there and play two player games. And nor did we bring any games that were um, scalable, you know, to higher numbers. Yeah. Um, like I could have brought DCC, right? Like if I, if I had known we could have like, we could have done a DCC funnel, although that group played a whole ton of DCC. So maybe that wouldn't have been as, uh, yeah. um, but you know, like for, like for a DCC funnel, I'd been like, I'll take everybody at this table. I'll run you through a meat grinder, right? We'll all have a fun time watching our, you know, yeah. our farmers get murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep <laughs> that in, so keep that in mind, the number of people you reach out to, even when they commit 
what's going to happen? Like take 20% of them away, 10% of them away. What numbers do you have? And then think about in terms of games, what can you play with the group that you have? Like, is this going to be conducive to role-playing? Are we going to be playing more board games? Should we, you know, should we make sure that we have some big board games that like everybody can play? Like maybe we can play some formula day, right? Like just get out there and just run race cars around a track kind of thing. Cause that that's big. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're into war gaming, like, you know, what can we do? You know, can we play big army that kind of like, you know, big army game, whatever, consider all of those things. Yeah. Okay. I think, I, I think I just covered it cause your last thing on my list was food and I talked about food. So Jerry, yep. let's talk about scheduling. All right, the schedule is a couple of things you have to consider. The first is going to be when, and that is, you know, looking at when are schedules available, what days are are, are usable, what people's work schedules are, um, and planning it out far enough ahead of time so that people who want to attend can attend. Um, one of our attendees often works weekends, but was able to ask for that particular day off um, so they had some time to come and, and, and game with us. Um, the next thing is how long do you want to have it go for? But this first one, we kept it fairly short. We kept it to, we originally planned on two four-hour sessions with an hour or so break in between. So we kept it kind of tight from, we played from 10 in the morning till about 7 o'clock at night, um, 7, 7.30. Again, what you've got and what you're doing. If you've got a lot of people that want to play a lot of role-playing games, you may want to space it out a little bit more. And you may want to go into multiple days. Um, for this one, we decided to just do a, a short one, uh, get together, hang out and play. But um, the one that I go to that's in the Victorian house, that tends to be a, um, a two or three day sort of thing. It tends to be a, um, normally one game on Friday night, two games on Saturday and two games on Sunday. And, uh, that, because that works out for everybody as it goes, but that's also going to depend on how many games you want to play and how many people you have. But yeah, let me just, let me bring up a couple points. Um, one logistically, let's talk about if your thing's going to be multiple days, uh, where are people staying? I was just about to get to that, but go ahead. Okay, that's yeah. fine. I, that's not yeah. the point I wanted to make. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, in terms of scheduling, let me bring up two things that are pertinent to post-pandemic. And these were two experiences I had when we played. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, post-pandemic, post-lockdown, um, account for socializing time. Yeah. You have not seen your friends in a while. Yep. It is very unlikely you're going to walk in the door say hi, have a quick hug, and then put some board games down and start playing. It is more likely that you're going to sit down, start talking, and then eventually break out some games and start playing. So account for some socialization time in your, um, uh, what you call it, in your planning for your your game day, because post-pandemic, it'll be really important. A year from now, probably just show up, say hi to everybody five minutes while I pour myself a cup of coffee and jump right into a game. But when I got there, you guys had been talking for a while. I got there and we kept talking for a bit longer until like I finished eating lunch and then we jumped into a game. The other thing I will mention is that um, especially if you are introvert, um, I was exhausted. That much socializing time with everybody, I was exhausted. Like I, um, there came a point where I just like, I, I, I really, if there had been a break where we could have all just gone somewhere quiet for a little while, I I honestly would have taken it for a half hour just to kind of like decompress. Like I was, I remember at some point when we were playing circle of six and I was like, Oh my God, like 
I, I have things to add to this conversation, but I'm like too tired to add to this conversation. Like I, I'm just going to play my cards and, and, and keep going. Like I was, I was very drained and I came home and went, I came home and passed out for a little while. Um, we'll, talk, we'll talk about the last thing then breaks, which is what I was going to discuss right now, which is plan those breaks. Yes. Get we, time in there. You, we you did to, well, we kind of did. We did, we, but we, well, we'll get to that. We did, yeah. but we, but our schedule, our schedule time went off. I'll just, um, I'll just make, I'll just make the point that, uh, and then I'll turn it back over to you yeah. that um, post pandemic, if you have been in lockdown and mostly solitary lockdown or small group lockdown for a while, mm-hmm. um, like I was, like Bob was, Jerry has not been, Sean has not been, Chris has right. not been, like you guys had a very different, um, I think you guys had a very different experience being with people than, than like I know than I did. And I suspect that Bob yep. did, like it was fucking tiring for me to yeah, be with right. you guys. And I love you guys, but I was like, Oh my God, this is the most people I have interacted with for the longest time, for the longest duration of time in 15 15 or so months. Right. Which is why you want to plan breaks. Um, Unlike unlike conventions that where they tend to back one game up against another, you want to plan your things. If you're you're going to have two game slots, shall we say, um, you want to make sure you've got a break in between, generally about an hour at least. So you've got some time. So that you can do that. In our case, we didn't really have game slots because by the time we started playing, we were just kind of sitting around chatting and breaking out board games. But um, originally, we had planned on having like a four-hour slot and then an hour break so we could go out and grab lunch. People could wander off the rest. But no matter what, you plan that extra time. Don't just plan eight hours of games for two four-hour slots because people are going to need time to step away. They're going to need time to catch their breath. If someone's a GM, they're going to need time to, to eat and drink and relax. And like Bob said, they're going to, or like Kill said, they're going to want to kind of, some people are going to want to go off on their own and just kind of sit there for a little while. Um, and so make sure that when you schedule your game that you've got someplace logistically for people to do that. Um, at my place, in addition to my personal office, we also have a bullpen that somebody could have gone into this set for half an hour. Just no sound, no, no trouble. Um, at some of the houses I've been in, um, we've been at somewhere, uh, people get there and they might play this session and then just go off and sit in one of the spare bedrooms for a little while and read a book for a while. Um, have, but schedule breaks. Schedule that, that beginning time to sit and talk to people. Schedule your game time. Schedule some breaks. Um, schedule some, some downtime. Um, because people, as much as people want to keep gaming, people do need that time, uh, especially right now in post-pandemic. And hopefully by the time the next set of friend cons comes along, We'll have all socialized enough that it won't be as much of a of a of a, a, a trial. But at the same time, even if it's in the middle, even if it's uh, well past this, schedule that time in there. Um, and that comes in, in the, the next topic, which is basically game time so people can drop in and out. Um, make sure that you've got some some schedule, but also have some some breaks. So you might have somebody who can only be there for the first game slot or for a couple of hours. Um, they shouldn't feel like they can't play at all because they're not going to be there for the whole thing. Some people might come late. Some people might come early. So um, when you're scheduling, take all of that into account. Um, and remember that you're gaming with your friends. So if you need to, if, if the time is that you're going to have, um, you know, a four-hour slot, an hour break, and then a two-hour slot for board games and goofing around, great. That's fine. As long as everybody gets a chance to not feel pressured. Because the last thing you want is people feeling um, that pressure rush. Um, 
I think uh, those of us who've been to the bigger game cons, there are times that you're like finishing this game, packing up and running to the next one because, oh my God, I got to get to the next one as we go. Yep. Um, we're among friends here. We want to have that that relaxation time. If we decide to, hey, you know what? We're going to take an extra 15 minutes here and uh, just let everybody breathe a little bit longer. Go for it. But basically, like, but if you're the one helping the schedule, think about all that and lay it out. You want to have when you're going to do it, how long you're going to do it, and make sure you have beginning, middle, and end break time between your games. So, Phil, tell us about actually running the game itself, running the con itself. So, yeah. So, when as you're planning this out, um, we've talked about all the logistics. Um, let's let's talk about like you know, let's talk about how how do you want to um, how do you want to run this thing? Like, do you want to run this thing like a con where like you know we we take out an Excel spreadsheet? And we put in, you know, time blocks. Like we've got a, we got a four-hour RPG block, which is also like two two-hour um, board game blocks. You know, at the top of the day, then we're going to do a lunch, and then after lunch, we're going to do another round, and then like we're going to, you know, we'll have a dinner, we'll have a break before dinner, dinner, and then we'll get our evening games in. Then you know, bedtime. Like you can schedule pretty, like you can schedule this thing pretty rigid, um, or not. Right. Um, and I will tell you, right. So, you know, people will think like, oh, project manager, Phil, you would probably schedule this thing to the minute. I, I don't necessarily think I would. Um, and the reason I say that is it's a friend con. You're not hosting a con for strangers. You are not a con organizer. This is friends getting together to game. Yeah. And so you don't have to be super rigid about this. Um, you can just wing it, right? You can mm-hmm. just be like, hey, let's get a game. Let's get, get, let's get some gaming in before, like, you know, like, let's get, let's all meet up in the morning, have coffee. Let's get some game, like some light gaming in before mm-hmm. lunch. Let's get some, you know, let's have some longer stuff before dinner or whatever. And you can just lay out some rough places and then just let things kind of self-organize, Yeah. right? I mean, you could be super rigid and put your Excel spreadsheet up and have people go in and register, mm-hmm. right? Like, hey, the week before, I want you to go in the Excel spreadsheet, you know, first come, first serve, just put your name in like the games that you want to play. Everybody's put up, you know, postings of what they're going to play. Or you could just have everybody show up with some games and be like, hey, I've got games X, Y, and Z. Happy mm-hmm. to run one of these if people want to play and just let people jump in. Uh, yeah. That's actually what we did. I brought... Yeah. um I brought a bunch of potentials with me. I brought, in fact, I didn't even bring a bunch of potentials. I brought um, Swords Without Master and I brought the Paranoia um, card game, not to be confused with the new Paranoia um, RPG, which is in a box, but the card game from Mongoose, which I will tell you, if you are a classic Paranoia fan, um, is uh, a shockingly good. That game is a hoot. (laughs) That game is as much fun as playing actual paranoia. Yeah. I was hoping to get, we'll have to try that next time we get one of these yeah. things together. Oh, we totally, yeah. you know what? It's a game that we can play at any scale. We can just play, we can just play it at my place sometime. Um, yeah. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be happy to just have people come over and play it. It is ridiculously fun. And I don't think it's a game that a lot of people know. No. Um, but if you enjoy old school paranoia, um, you definitely will enjoy this game. Plus um, most of the artwork on the cards are Holloway. Um, art which again chef's kitsch chef's kiss because to me paranoia will always be a jim holloway um imagined world anyway but everything that phil said sorry the that was the thought process that i went through to set this thing up because in a a perfect world in an ideal situation when we decided we wanted to have this 
Um, normally, Phil would be the person that would step up and be like, all right, project managers, you're going to project manage. Phil has enough things on his plate right now that I was like, no, I'm going to make sure Phil doesn't have to step in and do any of this stuff. Just come with something if he wants to run something and show up and be done. So I thought about it and said, we're not going to superstructure this. We're not going to be super detailed. I made a spreadsheet in Google Docs, and all I did in there was list off the people who said that they wanted to come, the theoretical dates that we wanted until we had fixed one and said, this is the date we're going to pick. And then some, hey, I can offer to bring X. So I listed everything so that people could go in and see what people were bringing. And that was pretty much it. And we went in with the idea of we're just going to bring a bunch of stuff and then we're going to decide, hey, let's play this. Okay, let's play this and go to town. And we had enough variety of things from tabletop uh, board gamey type stuff to RPG type stuff to short form to longer form that regardless of what we had, unless we had one of those situations where you had like two people left out for whatever reason, two player games, that's a little tougher to squeeze in. There's stuff out there, but I don't know if we had that covered, but we had enough variety that we could have basically done just about anything we wanted. And as we mentioned earlier, we ended up just hanging out and chatting for like the first two and a half hours until lunch and then chatted through lunch before we finally cracked the game open. But mm -hmm. yeah, you don't have to sit down and be like, all right, we're going to plan this out to the minute. You could just say, let's all show up on the day, plan the date. The time you want to start, who's going to come, and and you can let the rest of it just be fluid. Yeah, and I think if we had been a full eight people with two groups, we probably would have played a little more aggressively. But at six, it was like mm, we have a certain amount of games that accommodate six. Yeah. Let's you know, you know, let's chill and talk, and we'll break out a couple of those games and and play through. And again, um, I think the the good point to note here is. Um, potentials yes yeah. right so i brought games and i think at some at some point somebody was like oh i think you were expecting to run a game phil and i was like well i wasn't expecting to do anything like i just brought stuff so that if we needed it yep. it was good to go yeah. but i'm happy to do kind of whatever the group wants to do um and you know i know sean did the same thing sean brought a stack of games jim brought a stack of games yeah. um so i will say this though Having known, like knowing what, knowing what Sean brought, knowing what Jim brought, I think that one of our, um, whether we do a full friend con or whether we just get a group of us together to play on, on a, like on a weekend night or something, mm -hmm. I am going to say that at some point we need to, um, we should indulge a few people and be like, only bring one game and we're playing all of these games before we're done because, um, Jim brought letters, uh, letters to Whitechapel, which is a game he loves, and I don't think he gets enough times to play it. Yeah, that um, we have not gotten to play. Um, Sean, I think, always wants, uh, has always offered to run Dead of Winter. Well, we brought, um, we but we played Dead of Winter a bunch of times at uh, Jen and Bridget's place. Yeah, we're that's also, fine. Jen and Bridget were also going to come along, and that that would have been more of a board game group, but they had a, a birthday party to go to. Yeah, well, but, which would have been all right because if we had been at eight with some board gamers. Yep. We could have peeled some people off to do role playing and some people to do uh, board games. Mm -hmm. And again, this is like the really important thing about knowing your numbers because we would have been, so we would have been eight. We would have been 10. 
we yep. wound up being six yeah. and yep. that kind of changed our dynamic of, of, of playing, which again is why having um, potentials is so important, right? Like mm-hmm. having just like having some games in your bag that play at different sizes. And I'll say this, like if you're going to friends con um, and you really want, and you really want to pack your bag, right? This is, I'm going to go right off notes on this one, but if you're going to, if you really want to pack your bag strategically, um, what you want is you want to pack a two player, like a two player game. You want to pack some four player game. You want to pack a bigger game. Uh, you want to put together some low prep, no prep role playing stuff. If you want to yep. do role playing, right? So like, I like a good swords without master that, that requires very little, um, damn the man. In fact, um, Sunday and I just did a whole episode last night on zero prep games. So we like, we had a whole list of them, but what I, what I'm saying is because you don't know how many people are going to show up and you don't know which way things are going to, are going to splinter up. If you bring, if you bring a two player game and somebody like four people go to play a role-playing game and you, and two people are off on the side, you can either like somebody can play that two player game, right? Like, Oh, yeah. Hey, I brought star realms. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. hey, let's 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 break out and play some Star Realms or whatever. Have like a you know, and then having like a you know four player game um, handles like when you break up in groups, and having a game that'll play larger um, is really good when um, what you call it, like when you get into a place where oh we're we're, we're six people, what do we do? Yeah, right. Like let's play. Okay. So having those varieties, and that's one of the reasons. Um, and I don't think it's a zero prep game because it takes a little while to set up. Uh, but the legacy weapon is a two-player RPG. Yes, it right. Is. So you can play the legacy weapon with one player, one GM, um, with you know, with the material that the legacy weapon comes with and dungeon world. Yep. And I will say, All I right. cannot emphasize enough, um, having something like for the queen in your bag. For the I queen also does for the not queen take up a lot bag. of space, and yep. you can get a lot of mileage out of that with the with the board gamey types and the role players. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned that. Send and I, um, and as we were talking about zero prep games, talked about um, how for your money, and by money I also mean for the space in your bag. Yep. For the queen is such a go-to yep. um, game to just throw into. Like, you, and I, I did say you have to throw it into a pouch. Mm-hmm. Because that damn box won't stay closed. I love that box, but that yep. damn box won't stay closed. So you got to throw it in a pouch, throw it in your bag. Yeah. Um, yep. But that game, you're right. One, it plays, it'll play small. It'll play medium size or larger. Um, mm-hmm. It plays with zero prep. And it plays with uh, whether people have ever played it before or not. It requires yep. no experience because the opening cards teach the whole game. Yep. Right. Super smart. It's a, um, that is a brilliantly built game. Yep. I don't know if Alex gets enough credit I don't for think, I don't think so. exactly how brilliant <laughs> that is, but that game works on so many levels that every gamer should have a copy of it stashed yep. in a bag for just in case. Yep. All right. So what's next? Where are we? <laughs> We're at the break. We're heading to break. Hey, look at that. We're heading to the break. So I should probably tell people about another show on the network. That'd yes. That'd be a thing, wouldn't it? So, hey, we mentioned this at the top. Uh, starting this week, They're a Super Geek is going to be dropping. Um, They're a Super Geek is an actual play one-shot live stream created by three BIMPOC players to highlight the voices of marginalized folks in the tabletop RPG scene. They feature gender-marginalized GMs and a diverse rotating cast of players. Tune in every other Thursday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Time on the Misdirected Mark Twitch channel. Would you there like to uh, define for us what BIMPOC is? 
if I'm not mistaken, it stands for Black, Indigenous, and Mixed People of Color. Excellent. Thank you. All right. So, checking in with the chat room. Um, yes. We really, uh, the one thing that really comes up, we're going to talk about uh, coming up in there, Senda brought up GatorCon. Um, mm -hmm. So, I think we'll, I think we'll just slide that into the, uh, into the roundtable part. Um, and we can and mention her parts in there as well. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> Schmitty says he, they keep a rubber band around their copy of For the Queen. Which oh, you have to! Like they, they make yeah. those um, those special um, those special box rubber bands that are like yeah a cross Where version. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah, yeah so flying buffalo the shibari rubber band kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think a shibari would be a little bit different, Phil. It's, I would shibari my box of for the queen. If you could come up with a shibari technique that could wrap the box but easily be removed and put back on again without too much effort. Oh well, see now. that's the thing. I was good. I was good. I was good for a second. I was like, yeah. I could totally I mean, wrap. You could this obviously box. shibari the box. Yeah, I mean, I correct. Could. But could I take it off and put it back on? I don't yeah. know if I'm actually. I don't think I'm that skilled to do that. A, I, I definitely do it, a, but that's a different variant on for the queen too. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's a well, it's for the queen. I mean, yes, it's um, for the queen. But... <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, and it's really funny because I think it's the one thing. Um, there's nothing wrong with that game. It's beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that box. That box is beautiful. It's what just the nature it is, of the, the only thing that box does not do is travel. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I can't tell you how many times I have gone to take it off my bookshelf and I grab it and I and I walk away with the top. Yep. <laughs> right. And I'm like, oh, son of a, like, you know, and have to put it back on and then slide it off the bookshelf and get like your fingers under it to carry it off. Yeah. Yep. So, oh, man. All right. So let's jump back into the, uh, to the roundtable portion. And we will start with the question number one Name a friend con that you enjoyed and what you enjoyed about it. So I didn't want us to all trample the same, um, <laughs> the same con and like split it up a little so actually i'm going to um i will say that my favorite um recent friend con uh was gator con 2020 um gator con was uh in early february of 2020 uh mere weeks before um we all hit it was, lockdown it was it was the weekend before lockdown that's why i didn't go because i had to teach a class the following week and new york state was talking about about locking everybody out and I had to be back in town. So I couldn't go. Yeah, we, going. There was, there was rumblings going on in my office, but everything was like travel was still clear um, and all of that. And I think if I remember correctly, timeline wise, um, Italy had not spiked yet um, at the time of the con. Um, but needless to say, um, Gator con 2020 was organized um, for um our uh what's called fellow um chat room for life member where gator um and it was organized for where gator's 40th uh birthday organized by um by his wife and um it included a concentric ring of friends from different spheres of of gator's um personal life so um, while a number of us, Schmidt was there, Senda was there, I was there. Um, there were people there from like, um, our gaming, um, you know, like the people that we game with at all the cons. There were also like people that Gator, 
uh, gamed with in college and like local friends. And so it was like a really interesting mix of people. Bob was there. Um, it was a really interesting mix of people that um, you didn't necessarily know everybody, but you definitely knew people. Mike D was there. Um, Pretzel. And Pretzel was there, right? Like it was, so it was really good. So it was, it was really cool in a way that um, like, I did not feel alone. Like, like, oh boy, I'm in a room full of strangers. And I definitely didn't know everybody there, but, um, and then, you know, it was cool. And then we played in this awesome location. It was this gaming restaurant, which I think sadly did not survive COVID um, where we ate many much many much um oh, cheese, cheese curds, curds. Oh, so many um, cheese curds so many cheese curds um, and it was loosely organized in that um we all brought stuff and um gator picked a couple of games that um that he wanted to play in and uh so then gator played in some games and then other people ran other stuff while those tables were going and there were board games there were role-playing games there was um all sorts of stuff so i got to run for gator i ran um i ran a dcc funnel i had told gator i brought dcc and he very much wanted to try it so we did that and then um i believe senda ran uh passions de passiones um and we played um a very hilarious um a very hilarious telenovela in the second uh, half of the evening, um, which was quite, which was quite fun, uh, which was quite fun as well. Hmm. And, um, and then like other people played, I, I, there were other games going on. Cause I remember seeing several table tables of, of stuff being played. Um, I don't know, Bob, what did you, what did you wind up playing? Oh man. I don't even remember anymore. There was tons of board games. There was a bunch of board games I had never played before. Uh, I enjoyed everything I played. And um, I, I played some of my games with a few people. Yeah. Which, you know, I was always pimping my stuff. <laughs> and, and again, to the cheese curds. Oh, the cheese curds. <laughs> and, there was, and there was also, like, you could walk over to the other side, like, to the um, bar area of the game place and just order food and bring it back in um, or have it brought in. Like, it was, um, it was really good. And the space was really nice. The space was big. Um, it was, uh, boy, it was, uh, it was fantastic. Like it was, it was a lot of fun. It was, uh, it was a surprise to Gator. And before the actual game con, uh, we actually surprised Gator, um, at his house when he was only partially dressed, if I recall <laughs> correctly. <laughs> um, and then we went, uh, axe throwing the night before, um, Always good. which was hellishly fun. Um, we went, we went out, we, we got subs and then we went out, um, axe throwing and we went to a comedy club um and i think one or two other things and then and then the next day we all gamed and then the next day um uh then i think we all left and and started heading and started heading home so it was a really fun uh weekend and i did not realize at the time that would be my last con of 2020 um i was you know was fully expecting um a full con season and uh, very quickly, uh, it changed. Um, like you know, it all just stopped. So uh, it was really great to get to have that time um, with Gator and with everybody who attended yep. uh, just before the lockdown dropped. All right, that's me, Jerry. Um, you've got one from uh, the Wayback Machine. Yeah, 
way back in the eighties, um, there were a series of hobby shops here in Buffalo. Uh, bear in mind to those of you youngins, this is before like the internet or anything like that. So everything was was organized by by word of mouth and occasionally telephone. Um, but we had three uh, hobby shops here in Buffalo. We had Adventure Games and Hobbies, which is kind of a role playing place. Hobbies Militaria, which was the kind of uh, hardcore military game, uh, historical game store, and DPU Hobby, which was more of a toy train and model store, but also carried a lot of things like the old heritage role-playing game box sets. And so there were different game groups that kind of fluctuated back and forth between them with some overlap. And in 1984, we decided to have a, uh, uh, just kind of a, a, what we thought of as a game day was kind of a, a, a Fredcon. And we rented the skate house at Como Park, which is a huge uh, log cabin um, designed to hold like 80 people. Um, and we had three tables set up with three rounds of games. We had a picnic lunch. Um, and somebody organized a bunch of RPG physical challenges. Um, I know there were, in addition to the people running it, there were 19 attendees because we had an odd number. And so we first did knife throwing and then grapple rope, which is follow the leader. Somebody would have to have to use a rope and grapple to grapple a, a target. And then ungrapple the rope, but if somebody couldn't do it, then they were out. Um, sling and ball using an actual like sling with a tennis ball in it, not a slingshot. And that was hilarious and involved a lot of people who hit with tennis balls. Um, the treasure run where they took a backpack, filled it with bricks, and then you had to run through the forest while the one person who did know how to use the slinger ball was winging uh, tennis balls actually. If you hit you, they added 10 seconds to your or five seconds to your, to your run time. Um, and then finally, we did sword fighting. Which um, <clears throat> was fun, and I still have scars from today because the baton uh, became unwrapped and we didn't stop sword fighting. Uh, hmm. So uh, I, I played Tune for the first time, um, and it just came out. Uh, just it was a lot of fun, and um, but it was a way to meet a lot of the people because I mean, in 1984, I was 13 years old. I wasn't traveling very far from my house. Um, so while I'd heard of Hobbies Militaria, I'd never met most of the gamers that played there, and so to have these overlapping groups of gamers come together and um, playing a bunch of different games. Like we played Car Wars, we played a Napoleonic tabletop game. Um, one of the store owners came and he just brought a bunch of his overstock and headed out there for prizes. So everything you did that could be a prize, you know, we played Car Wars. So the top people got to have to pick something off the table. It'd be a blister of minis or some dice or whatever. Um, and, uh, Another person was running the grill and was just doing hot dogs and hamburger all day. And uh, just a lot of fun. And um, it showed me that, that this idea of having a small social group that was completely unorganized. I mean, basically, we, we rented this place. They let us in at 7 in the morning. They kicked us out at 11 o'clock at night. And until that, we were just going to hang out there and do stuff. Um, it was a lot of fun. And uh, it was it was a, a bunch of different age groups. and. Um, what really kind of stuck with me about that was that it was the, the socializing. Um, while my friends and I got together and game, that was just four of us. And while I gamed with the group at the hobby shop, where there was a lot of socializing there, there wasn't this mis, mis socializing. And I didn't know, I wouldn't have identified at the time what we do today. But this idea of just sitting around and talking about games and exploring new games and playing games where you were playing with a whole different group of players that I'd never played with before. Um, and this, uh, FriendCon is what led to um, AdvaCon at the same time, which was the local Buffalo convention at the time in, that, in those days. Um, 
which was really just more of a glorified friend con with about twice as many people. So just a lot of fun. It kind of taught me that kind of kind of how those kind of things be done, and the fact that it was all organized by just a bunch of people with papers and telephones and uh, nothing super scheduled or planned until we got it going. So that was it. So that was my first friend con, and um, I've been to a lot of them since then in various forms, and I always enjoy them. So Bob. Yeah, so I thought back about this, and I've really only been to two friend cons that I can remember. Um, and my favorite one that I enjoyed was this past weekend's MIS con, which I really, really needed after <laughs> being locked down for as long as we were. Um, the other one is actually the most memorable friend con I've ever been at, and Phil knows why. <laughs> Because, and some people have already heard this story, but I'll tell it for the people that haven't. Um, our friend Jim's cousin, Dave, had some people over to his house for a weekend. And we broke up in the evening the one night to two different tables. One was playing D&D and one group was playing Paranoia with Phil. The group that was sitting at the table playing D&D spent three hours trying to get past the gate to the castle. Oh, my God. And oh, sitting bad. there listening to the other room, the hoots and hollers and laughter of the people playing paranoia and having a ball and just wishing, why am I not in that group? Why am I sitting at this table beating my head against this freaking castle gate? <laughs> Jerry, I don't know if you remember the um, the the paranoia GM screen, but they were playing. Yes. I, I was running... Um, the adventure, the Imana, I forget the number designation. It's about the malfunctioning robot. Yep. And it's it's a malfunctioning robot that has no visual sensor. So <laughs> it won't let anyone do anything to it because it can't tell what security clearance anyone is. Right. It's hilarious. And it's a hilarious adventure um, because paranoia is brilliant. But anyway, yes, I was running the paranoia table and it yep. was having a blast. And meanwhile, unbeknownst to me, the other table was like in gaming hell with this game master who like literally I think was like, okay, what do you try to do? Nope. That doesn't work. Yeah, I, was... I, I remember being at origins last, last time we went to origins two years ago, playing in a, I was running a game and a table away from me, a guy was running a kind of a homebrew Marvel superheroes game and the intro to his game and explaining the rules and the characters, the history was two and a half hours of the four hour slot. <laughs> mm. no thank you yeah. I will tell you another just as a sidetrack I will tell you another story I heard of another terrible con game there was a person many years ago when we were um, green shirts attending Gen Con one of our one of our fellow green shirts um, went to a game of Starship Troopers and arrives at the table and the GM announces that this is uh, part one in a upcoming 10 part uh, convention series over the next 10 years and that for tonight you will all be playing recruits in training camp and it's like motherfucker you signed up for starship troopers if you ain't killing bugs yeah. like what are, yeah. but just also the audacity of like i'm going to run this for the next 10 years uh, and each year will be another yes, installment of this is no <laughs> like one you're not gonna run this for the next 10 years um two this is terrible <laughs> like you have like 
It was so yeah. bad. You can't invite people to play Starship Troopers and then not let them kill bugs. Yeah, you're and, and like, get horribly maimed in the process. Yeah. Go look at yeah. the movie. Yeah. Even the movie starts yep. with them fighting bugs and then cuts back to how they started fighting bugs before it catches back up and then goes into fighting more bugs. Yep. No, I, 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 everything you everything you could even in the movie, the training montage is in the middle of the movie. Yep. Cannot stress. Cannot stress how wrong that setup was. Anyway, I digress. Yep. Please return to the question. Um, uh, that, that, that wraps it up. Yeah, my 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 favorite friend con was this past weekend, and 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 it was it was just fun to hang out with everybody and shoot the shit. And it was Did also you... fun to play. We got we played a bunch of different games, but I've got to say, Bob, it was a lot of fun to play Circle of Six and. Relic Hunters with a new player who hadn't played them before and to see as the game went on how much fun they were having with yeah. it. It was a lot of fun to see that. I love so, that. So Bob, did you also have introvert burnout? Like like in not like as in- bad as you did. Um, but I was feeling it by the end. I was I was like super drained. Yeah. Super drained. I'd like to add something we forgot about with the previous thing that you guys were amazing on, and that was um, when the con was over this weekend, we're like, okay, we're all going to pack up and go. Um, without anybody saying anything, you guys just fell into one person grabbed the garbage, one person wiped on tables. One person, I mean, and, and while I know that we're all mature adults and that we get along and that we all kind of respect each other, I've been in a lot of places where I've been to a friend con and I, and I walk out of the room and I can just see the crushed up popcorn on the floor and that kind of stuff. And if you're going to attend a friend con, Clean it up. Don't leave it all for the person behind. I mean, I was perfectly happy to clean it. I was ready for it. I have a cleaning staff. They would have taken care of it. But the fact that without even being said, everybody in our group just kind of fell into cleaning. And we do the same thing when we go to like yeah. when Jen and Bridget have their have their house parties and they do their thing, or we go to Sean's house to play a game. But a lot of I've I've been to way too many places where gamers just kind of get up and leave things. Police your area. Clean yep. it up. Um, it really makes a huge difference. Yeah. You know, I mean, if somebody, if, if somebody's hosting it by all means, yeah. um, by all means, ask the host, you know, like, what can I do to help or just yep. jump in and help whatever, um, you know, uh, if it's an Airbnb, like, what do you need to do to square this place away so that, you know, you guys don't yep. get dinged for it? Like, yeah. you know, and some Airbnbs have very specific rules, like on the day you're leaving, like take the garbage, put it in the garbage can outside yep. kind of thing. Like, yeah. you know, you want to like follow all of those rules. Yeah. that I think it's, um, yeah. Because I, I I fully planned to spend like another like half an hour forty five minutes cleaning after you guys left. I just kind of planned that into my schedule, and I walked out the door thirty seconds after you guys did. Yeah, yeah like, no, I would. I, yeah. Yeah. no, especially we were, if the I, place is not yours, don't just walk out like it's not your responsibility. Yeah. Yep. You were there. You may have made a mess here and there. You, you know, check and make sure you didn't leave crumbs and stuff. Like, oh, I spilled something and I didn't even notice. You know, like just eyeball <laughs> yeah. the place and make sure everything's. Squirtle. Even if you're in a game store for a game con, yeah, like, exactly. You know, if you're if yeah. you're playing, if you're coming in and leaving before the gaming's done, that's one thing. Like, quick police your area, clean up your stuff. If you're there at the end of the game con, at the end of the yep. game day, like, yep. at, you know, at, ask the owner: Is there anything you, you know? Is there anything you can do to help? Um, yeah, it's just it's it's just yeah, it's it's uh, it, I don't it, know, it's, it's good common, humaning. Yeah. It's common sense, but it doesn't. But you, it, it's it's not really all that surprising how often that doesn't happen. Um, and it, it's, like I said, it was really nice. It just, it was, but it, but also, 
Um, not that you guys would have left the mess either way, but I just kind of, yeah, I'll grab the garbage. So, no, everything was done. Yep. So just keep that in mind when you plan or attend your next game day. Talk yep. to the hosts about that. Hey, you know, can I help you guys pick this up or clean this up or whatever? Yep. Um, or It'll also affect... And occasionally bump into the guy next to you and say, you know, hey, you know, you left your stuff there on the floor. You may want to grab that and pick that stuff up. You know, also factored into your timeline. If yep. you're, you know, if you know you're playing till, if, if you've only got a space till oh, 9 yeah. p.m., you know, you probably want to end your gaming 8, 8.30 so that, you know, you can get things packed up and loaded up and stuff like that. Good As idea. one of the organizers of QCT for years, when we had a hard lockdown at 9 o'clock, trying to get people to end their games at 8.30 was a pain in the butt. Uh-huh. Yep. And then there was and then there was cleanup afterwards. It was just, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. So. Bobo, take us to the next question. Um, that's, or... that's your question, Bill. Oh, it's mine. Question yes. two. Um, what's something you like to do at a friend con more than you do at a regular con? Um, I actually get to socialize more at friend cons. Actual friend cons, I get to actually sit and chat and talk to people. I get to uh, interact with people more often. Um, you know, we get to talk about what we've been doing, game theory, try new games, that kind of thing. Surprisingly, I actually get more socialization at the big cons, like Gen Con Origins, they do with the small cons like the one in Geneseo or Con of the Cobb. Um, when we go to Gen Con or Origin, there's normally some sort of a base camp set up. Uh, breakout con was like that too. Where I have to do things. The smaller cons, for some reason, um, there seems to be more of a mad dash to attend. I'm not talking friend cons, but smaller local cons. There seems to be more of a pressure to get in games and people don't spend a lot of time sitting around socializing. A lot of times the con isn't set up for that sort of uh, socialization time. And so people are always off. So you're like, oh, I, I saw this person for five minutes at the con. We're at like the last couple of origins I've been to. Uh, we may have spent more time sitting around chatting and eating dinner and all that kind of fun stuff than we did actually playing games. Um, and QCC is a special case because every QCC I've been to, I've worked, I've, I've worked the show. So it, I didn't, that's a different kind of socialization. But I find that for Fred Con, they tend to be designed so you can sit around and hang out and chat and tell and tell stories and um you know i always like to talk about game design and, and game theory so we do that a lot too so that's what i get to do more at friend cons bob yeah i'm trying to think of something that uh that falls into that into that that groove and honestly i'm drawing a blank here um so i'm gonna let phil jump ahead of me and if i think oh uh, yeah um you know for me it's uh play head-to-head games um, I don't really like uh, he- like head-to-head board games. Like I don't really like competitive board games. I don't really like you know player elimination uh, board games. Um, uh, most of the um, Smirk and Dagger catalog is not normally my jam. But when I'm with friends, I am comfortable enough to play all those games because they're my friends, and I don't really have any kind of internal competition. Um, so I'm happy to just like. I'm happy to play like whatever, like screw you over game or whatever. I don't take any of it personally when it's, um, when it's friends, I'm not as comfortable doing that with strangers. No. So like at a friend con, I have no problem. You want to play cutthroat cavern. I haven't played in a while. You have to reteach me the game, but you want to play cutthroat <laughs> cavern. It's fine. I, you know, you can screw me over. I won't be upset about it at a con. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like, you know, one of my favorite friend con, um, games and we you know we used to play it all the time with friends is lunch money mm-hmm. um yeah. which is a player elimination um card game and i love that stupid game uh, but i love it with friends yeah. you know exactly love it um without friends the um 
the other game that comes to mind on the role playing side of that uh, is Fiasco. Um, I like playing. (laughs) Good night, sweetheart. As my daughter uh, comes downstairs. Oh, are you coming over? Okay, I'm in the middle of recording, but I'll jump in for a second. Because I say we may have had a little bit of smack talk going on during um, uh, Relic Hunters during our during our friend con. Yeah, just a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, that kind of stuff is way more comfortable with friends than it is with strangers. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was my uh, that was my that was my youngest making an appearance to say goodnight. Um, Not normally, not not a normal occasion, but you know, we do as we do. Um, the other game that I am more comfortable playing at friend cons than I would play in public is fiasco. Yeah. Um, I love fiasco. I have a super dark sense of humor, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a really dark satirical sense of humor. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm really not comfortable. Um, I, I'm not comfortable doing that with I, like, if I play fiasco in public with people, I will play it toned down a bit. Um, if I play it with friends, where I understand everybody's safety levels, boundaries, yep. um, having played with all of you enough to know where all of your lines and veils are, um, mm-hmm. then I am all the more apt to um, to be a like more terrible human in the game. Um, yeah, you know that kind of so, thing because because I just feel safe. So yeah. yep. that's for me. That's a big deal. It's like at friend cons, I will play the games that make me um, that I normally would shy away from with strangers. Right. Cool. Do you, want to jump, do you have anything to add, Bob, or do you want us to jump in? Yeah, I mean, really, the only other thing, like, it's not really something that I like to do more, but the the relaxation level is different. Like, like you mentioned, like, if you've got, you know, a game scheduled from, you know, from one to one to five, and then you've got, you know, you've got to squeeze in dinner so that you can get to your six o'clock, and you're kind of rushing around, and, mm-hmm. like, we find ways to relax at the big conventions, but... Yeah it's a different kind of relaxation. There's a franticness and then, uh, you know, whereas the friend con thing is, is, is way more relaxed right out of the gate. It is Mm -hmm. a different kind of a tone to it. Um, and that is, is definitely enjoyable. That's good. That that, that is true. I like the relaxation of a friend con. All right. All right. Question three. What is something you like to do at conventions that it's harder to do or not quite the same when you do a friend con? Yeah. Um, when you're at a friend con, you don't usually get the opportunity to network with industry people. Yeah. You know, um, I can't tell you um, the last time I was at a big con that I didn't hang out for a few minutes with Kurt Covert from Smirk and Dagger and, you know, talk to him about how his new game is going and how the booth is going and, you know, what he got lined up coming down the pipe, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yep. Those kind of things when you're hanging out with your friends, <laughs> your friends may be in the industry, but you, you're they're your friends. So you already know what's going on. So it's not like you're schmoozing with somebody you don't get to see uh, or, you know, like making connections for a potential, uh, a potential thing down the road that you might be able to swing somebody's way or whatever. Um, so, yeah, the, the networking thing is is kind of lacking. <laughs> Uh, for me, it's trying new games. Um, I mean, inevitably, people will bring games that um, that I've seen before um, or not hit, like, you know, relatively new. But a lot of times we don't wind up playing um, too many cut, cutting edge games. I like to go demo games. So like at a big con, like I like, you know, Bob and I have, you know, on several occasions have gone and hit the dealer's floor just looking for games to demo. Yep. 
um, yep. which is how we bought that stupid Apocalypse Chaos game. Um, <laughs> sorry, Z-Man Games. I really chaos. like that game, but it's not. It, it doesn't work right. Um, it's it needs some fixing. Um, but I but but you know, Bob and I that, that like I've done it with you, and I've done it with other people. Like I like because um, I like to find new things, and I like to like I like to go out on the um, on the floor and find new things. In fact, going like going way back. Um, to Gen Con 96, um, Bob and I and a few others were at Gen Con 96 in Milwaukee. We were in a talk by um, Eric Wujek, the creator of the Amber role-playing game and the team, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle role-playing game. And in the middle of, um, it was like a multi-day series on game design. And on like the first or second day, Wujek goes, have you guys seen this card game, Lunch Money? He's like, it's, it's outrageous. And he spent like five minutes explaining the game to us and it sounded so wild that the next thing we did was we hit the floor and found the atlas games booth took one we played one demo hand of the game and every person in our group bought a box set yep like we we didn't need we didn't need four copies of the game but we all bought one Mm -hmm. Uh, and then we proceeded to play it with everyone at the con like everyone was playing it, like in the Anytime hallways. You're we the- sitting, waiting in a line. You'd like sit down on the floor, waiting, you know, waiting for the next thing to happen. We just bust it out, and people would walk over. What is that? And we're like, sit down. We'll show you. We evangelized <laughs> that game. The rest of the con. I was also walking the floor on the last day when I turned the corner and saw this booth with a tube with an alien in it, and it was this little company, New Millennium Entertainment. That was selling a game called Conspiracy X. And with like the last of my con money, I bought my copy of Conspiracy X, which Bob knows in the um, timeline of our gaming history resulted in a like um, two year campaign. Yep. One of the best Um, campaigns we ever played. It was it was epic. It was an epic campaign. Um, but again, it was one of those things where it wasn't, um, I just stumbled on it yep. because I was walking the floor and just kind of checking stuff out and, uh, was like, Oh, what is this? And then after I heard the pitch, I was like, I will take one of those. <laughs> um, and you know, and turned out to love it. So, um, so yeah, that to me is like a thing that I just, I can't do that at a friend con and I love friend cons, but I also will go back to regular cons. Uh, for this and i'll lastly say because i just want to shout out to another member of our slack room for life one of my highlights in recent gaming history um was going to cons where jim jim likes games had a table because that table was the macy's christmas window every time i showed up to it yep like i would hit that table and just be like oh sweet love like there is so much here. Like I would just, I, it would take me forever to buy something because I was just like, Oh, I can't possibly buy everything that I want on this table. I, I now need to make some like decisions. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. So anyway, that's me. I, I kind of found the same way with the two of them. Um, my big thing is I like to hit the vendor room. Um, I tend to hit the vent. I tend to hit the vendor room at the big cons. The way I hit the vendor rooms at the business conventions I go to. Do a quick walkthrough once just to see where everything is and take note of the stuff you want to go back to and then go back and look for deals, play demo games, um, get some retail therapy in. 
Um, I, I do like to play demo games and see things. One of the fun things I found about demo demo uh, demo booths at some of the cons is sometimes there'll be a game that I kickstarted that I haven't played yet, <laughs> but I can go to the demo booth and have them teach me how do I play this game. I just you know I just bought this game from you guys. Show me how to play it. And they're always pickled pink to do that. And sometimes they'll have you know expansions that aren't out yet. Sometimes um, one of the game companies I went to the game hadn't been released yet, but if you went to their booth. They had some stuff like, here, take one of these and take one of these. You're getting some anyway, but you're some extras, that kind of thing. Um, and to be honest, and the salesman to me also take the vendor room just to, to shop for deals on that day and wheel and deal and make make things, make uh, you know, plans to pick up stuff. But it's also a neat way to find and play new games. Um, I think the the one I think I just sticks out for me, there was a game one year called Ponder in which you had a bunch. It was kind of like, um, I don't know what the politically correct term for it is today, but Chinese checkers. Um, where you're trying to move your frogs across, but you only move your frogs by playing cards. And if you land on a frog, much like past the pig, you pick up both frogs and you roll them like dice. Hmm, okay. And it was a fun little game and I liked it. And so I decided I was going to buy a copy of it. But while I was busy going over the rules, the designer was demonstrating a different game and somebody came up and asked me about it. So I demoed the game for them because I was having fun looking at it. And by the time I was done, he sold a copy, couple, and he gave me his four copy of that and the other game he had there for like five bucks a piece and signed them. Um, nice. It was also just a fun game I've played, uh, and it's it's a quick game you can pull out. I just I like just going out and getting involved. And this is something I've never seen before. And um, you know, I've got a lot of uh, I've got a lot of grim, hardcore, gritty games. But every once in a while, a game where you're tossing frogs across the table like dice is a game you want to play. So, I gotta say, past the pig is past the pigs is is hilarious. It is. This is a similar game. You you roll you roll the frog, and if it lands, if it lands on its on its feet, it stays it stays where it is. If it lands on its front, you move it back. If it lands on its side, you move it to the side. So you're moving other people's uh, tokens around too. So it's a lot of fun. Cool. I don't I don't know if I've played that one with you yet, Bob. No. Uh, I'll bring it sometime. It's a bigger it's a bigger game though. It's it's. It doesn't compact very well. But anyway, so that's it for me. All right. Well, then that is our take on friend cons. Hopefully that uh, gives you some advice and ideas that uh, you can put into play if you decide to do one yourself. Now let's go check uh, with the chat room one more time before we head to the conversation corner. We, um, excuse me, (coughs) Uh, our good friend Vampire54, Donnie, uh, asked about my games. Uh, and I won't uh, make you wait until the after show. I'll tell you right now. Um, Circle of Six, my abstract card game of set collecting um, numbers, um, that is up for sale at drivethroughcards.com uh, at this moment. We put it up uh, in the middle of March for my birthday. That was my birthday present to myself. I finally got that up for sale. Um, at one point, it, we were hoping we could sell it to somebody else, and everything kind of fell through with that. So we just said, screw it. We put it up on drive-thru. Uh, so that's there. Um, so spread the word, evangelize that to everybody you know who likes it. Um, the more copies that are out there in the world, that means the more people bought it and <laughs> and the yep. happier I am that people are playing it. Yes. The other game that we played is actually, we can't talk about it because yeah. um, it's a game that has, um, it is a game that has been sold. It has not been produced yet by the company that yeah. bought it. Um, we still have uh, prototype copies of it, yeah. uh, so we just play with the prototype copies because we, um, uh, a number of us, have an affection for that game. 
Um, I love that game quite a bit. Um, and I will be very excited if it eventually comes to market. And if not, yeah. maybe we'll scheme to find a way to bring it to market. But um, in the meantime, yeah, we can't talk about that one because that is actually now somebody else's game. We just have access to our prototypes. Yep. Yeah. But for but, those who but, are interested, here is a link to drive through for Circle of Six. And Circle of Six is a blast. Circle of Six is self-contained. Um, it actually plays up to six players, right? Yep. Yep. It yep, plays up to six players. Um, really, the sweet spot is three to it was like three to four players. Yeah, three to four, three to um, five. Yeah, three to five. Six, play two, six becomes two plays differently than than anything higher than that. It still plays, yes. but it's yeah. different because you've only got two people going back and forth. So there's a there's a little bit of a different dynamic to it. Yeah, at six at six, it is a game of opportunity, not strategy. Um, yep. You just put things out there and hope the hell you'll make it around the table <laughs> um, and just take whatever you can find when you yeah. get there um, at three and four. It is uh, it is a interesting mix of chaos and strategy. Like there is definitely strategy to the game, but then uh, also there's some wild turns where it's like, well, that plan just went out the window, Yep. which is what I love about that game. Cause yeah. it's um, uh, what you call it because it, it is just like that like yep. you're just like okay this is what i'm gonna do oh damn you like just yep. like <laughs> yeah. that that phrase gets said more often like you covered up my number you ran my number over you suck like you, Motherfucker. yes that is a common occurrence <laughs> yep. in, in circle of six good times good times anyway that's a good plug for circle of six it's a lot of yeah, fun and you can get the you can get the whole thing in a nice case you can just buy yourself a case while you're uh yeah pick it up yeah all right, cool. Well, let's do cool, the yeah. thing where we roll over to the conversation corner now, which I need to find the button. There, I lost it for a second. Yes. Jerry is holding up a uh, the, the plastic deck box that comes with Circle of Six, should you so desire it when you make your purchase. One of the things I'm very proud of that game is that um, because the um, player, because there's six players, um, there, are col- there are colors for each player. But knowing that colors were going to be a problem, there are unique symbols for each player yep. so that it is um, readily apparent which player is which um, at any time, which is really nice. Like it is, it is a very accessible yep. I, I, between you and Tim, it made it a very accessible game in terms of. Oh, that's um, all Tim. <laughs> that was all Tim. That's Tim, that's Tim magic, man. Yeah. Like that's the. I mean, I may have said, let's do this. Let's make it accessible for people that have color issues, but. I'm like uh, that. Tim was the one who came up with all. Yeah, of color. That. I mean, you know, from a board game design thing, color can never be the primary. Um, yeah, the primary differentiator between yeah, between absolutely. objects. So, all right, cool. All right. Conversation, conversation quarter time. Quarter. So, uh, in and amongst all of the other stuff that I've been working on, um, keeping up with my TV, of course, uh, Loki dropped this past Wednesday on Disney Plus. First episode was great. Looking forward to more of that. The Bad Batch continues to to excel. Not disappointed at all in that show. Um, that is Bad Batch is fourteen episodes, and we just had episode seven, so we're at the halfway point. And one of the um, producers basically said, um, "It just gets better from here. It's it's just hang with like the ride is going to get even more fun from here yeah. on out to the end of the season." So definitely looking forward to that. Um, Voyager is continuing to be a delight. I'm so glad I decided to watch all of it. Um, um, the watch parties are fun. Uh, I'm back for the watch party after missing the last two, so I'll be back. I'll be there tonight 
for the two-parter. Mm. Um, working my way through uh, the the final current season of Castlevania, um, I don't recall if they're if they're doing more of the current characters. They just announced a spinoff um, where they're doing the great 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 grandson, I think, of Trevor Belmont from the current series. Um, I don't know. It's it's going to be more uh, vampire killing shenanigans in like Renaissance France, so that should be interesting. Um, hopefully, they'll have some musketeers in there too, because you know Renaissance France, you got to have musketeers, right? I mean, mm-hmm. one would think. Why not? Why, Why not? You? Um, and then the last thing I want to say um, um, is, if you haven't seen it, I, I mentioned it in the Slack channel, but for those who didn't, um, there's a dice company called Bryce's Dice that put out a set of panda dice. They're like clearish with glittery uh, coloring and little pandas inside. Um, they're adorable and cute. Um, and of course, I brought them to the attention of Phil and Senda because pandas, uh, duh, right? Um, but I'm about to uh, I'm about to hit paste here. Nope, that's the drive-through cards. Damn it! I'm about to paste you. Uh, um, I'm hitting the wrong. There's two keyboards here, and I'm fucking it up by the numbers. <laughs> Excuse my French. Oh no, we're explicit. You've been warned. Yes, you have been warned. Okay, but yeah, that's that's it for me, Jerry. Okay, for me, a couple things. Obviously, Loki was a lot of fun. I'm enjoying every second of it. Um, Valheim, we played a lot more of that, and Bob and I had a lot of teamwork going on this week. We've encountered a lot of. we're, We're getting towards the end game of this particular biome before we get to move on to the next one and so um we've been stumbling on a few things and building gear and in fact it's been a lot of fun we've also been experimenting with um underground construction which has been fun it's it's well it's a minor thing it's been a lot of fun and giving us a lot of things to experiment with and try um and the game again teamwork has always been a lot of fun to to work with um it's kind of fitting the niche for when we can't get face-to-face on games um I ran my Savage Eberron game, and that was a bit of a fail. Um, I tried to run. I'm not good at running mystery games. I'm not good at reading mysteries. I can watch them all the time. Um, and this one, I did a big fail, and I learned something, which was that um, I made my entire game. This session was all clue finding, and so I had only one type of story beat, and the game fell flat. People got bored real quick with trying to find clues. I didn't put any action in. I didn't put enough other things in for the players to do. So it's a learning curve. Um, obviously, MISCOM was there. And lastly, I watched two movies that I've both seen before, but for some reason I was in the mood to watch both of them. They're both rom-coms about hitmen. Um, the weaker of the two is the Ashton Kutcher movie, The Killers, where he plays a CIA assassin who gets married and then has to keep his life a secret from his wife and her family. And um, obviously marital chaos ensues. But it's, it's, a, it's a fun... Uh, it's got... I can't remember the name of the blonde. She, she's... she's uh, I can't remember the name of the blonde that's in it now, but she she's she was on Grey's Anatomy and caused a lot of trouble there. Then she was in Knocked Up. Oh, and, yeah. yes, Catherine Kath, Kath, Hagel. Yeah. and yes. it's obvious it's obvious that she has no charisma with anybody in any of the movies she's in, and this was not. But despite her, the movie's a lot of fun because um, it's Ashton Kutcher and Tom Selleck in a action rom com. So, but the better of the two is a movie called Mister Right. Um, it's got Sam Rockwell who plays a hitman who has decided that he's done being a hitman and he runs into a woman who um, is basically trying to get on with her life and what happens as they kind of have some meet cutes 
and she figures out what he does for a living and has to decide if that's something she can accept. And as Tim Roth and Riza are trying to kill him, more or less, Riza steals the show as Shotgun Steve. It's a really funny, cute, romantic comedy that just happens to have some really fun action scenes in it and a lot of Sam Rockwell dancing. And one of my one of my favorite lines where she comes down and sees him get into a fight with a bunch of people for the first time and kills them all. She's like, how did you do that? And he says, well, most people waste a lot of time fighting. I just move right to the winning. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to ask, based on those two movies, you you have seen The Big Hit, right? Like, Oh, yes, yes, okay. The Big Hit. Uh, it's no, the Big Hit has a lot more action in it. Yes. Um, Mr. Wright is much more of a rom-com. <laughs> when there is action, it's top-notch. The Killers is mediocre. You're really watching it for Ashton Kutcher and Tom Selleck and Catherine O'Hara, who are all amazing at their characters. I'm just saying, like, both descriptions, both sound like, both sound like the big hit. And the big hit would be the, would be the, would be the, the trifecta of these three. Um, I would say if you're going to see them, I would say definitely catch Mr. Right. Um, Definitely catch the big hit. Catch the Killers if if you enjoy it. uh, I enjoyed it. It was a fun Plus, they're short movies. They're like 90 minutes each. So they're Speaking of RZA, were yeah. you able to find and watch uh, The Man with the uh, with the Iron Fist yet? Oh, yeah. We okay. talked about it last week. I don't remember. Oh, no, yeah, no, that's we, a, no. That was that's a whole a week terribly, ago, That's a terribly good, yeah. terribly bad great. martial arts movie. Yeah. A, a, was, a, a, and you know my love of martial arts yeah. movies. Oh. There was no bounds. So. I, but they I, did make I, a sequel. I, yeah, I, and which, which he was in. I, I haven't seen that. I don't think it was a bad mark. I think that for a mark of arts movie, it was perfectly acceptable. Oh, like I said, I had no problem with it. I think when we went and saw it, I think Sean was like, oh, this is kind of cheesy. And I was like, this is fantastic. Like It is it's, a glorious chunk of Gouda. It, it is, is exactly the correct chunk of cheese I had signed up for when I walked in the door. Oh, yeah. If, if you like martial arts films at all, definitely see The Man with the Iron Fist. It is, it is fun in every way possible. It's just not serious. I, I myself am going to watch a martial arts movie uh, this weekend because uh, this weekend is Father's Day weekend. So I have decreed upon my kids, uh, much to their bemoaning, because they hate watching um, old movies. Um, but I accept nothing. I accept no compromise on Father's Day. Um, we are watching Best of the Best. <gasps> I've no. <never> seen that. <laughs> How could you subject your children to Best of the Best? <laughs> it's a great martial arts movie. I mean, it's no Jim Cotta. Listen, nothing is Jim Cotta. Jim Cotta, even like there is, you can't even describe Jim Cotta. Like it, it Jim Cotta is like, um, it, it is unto itself. I though I really do want to watch it. Like, I don't. I will not make my children watch it because they will groan about anything like that. Like anything that cheesy. But well, after, um, after Voyager, maybe one of our setup weeks, we can we can find Jim Cotta and do a Jim Cotta watch party. No, it, you know it's gonna. Well, I gotta check the length on it. Maybe it'll fit in a in a in a watch party thing. Um, it could just be a special like Saturday night watch party thing or something. Or if if we can't get it in any place streaming, like we can all just get together and just watch it and just exactly. you know just groan at its at its sheer badness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's bad. Like it's it bad. Best of the best is not bad. Best of the best has some like really good action sequences. Yeah. It is 80s good, which is like, you <laughs> That's know. That's a whole other story. Oh, I oh, trust me when I tell you my kids are just going to like suffer through this oh, yeah. like at my behalf, but but you know what? It's Father's Day, so, you know. Yes. Well, hey, I just I'm, I'm looking it up cuz it's available you can you can rent it on YouTube and a couple things. 
But do you know what the what the short story that they based Jim Cotta on was called? What's that? The name of the story was The Terrible Game. Just wow. that Everything you need to know about Jim Cotta right, right there. there. All right. <laughs> well, I guess I should I should guess I should rattle off a few things. Um yeah. I have, I've been of course watching Voyager. Um I am um uh, what you call it? I'm, I've still been watching the blacklist. I'm into like season four of the blacklist. It hasn't gone completely bonkers yet. Um, it is, um, it is interesting. I, I, as I commonly do when I'm watching something, I try to like, how would I model a game yeah. on this? You know, like how, how do you, you know, how do you model a game around this thing? It would be pretty difficult. It's a much better TV show than I think it would be a game. You made it much farther than I did through the blacklist. So. <laughs> uh, it's not bad. Like I got through, um, I'm through the next plot line. I think I've actually watched it past this part. Um, I think it's season five where I kind of lost focus. So anyway, it's, it's, it's fine enough for now. Um, like it's my thing that I'm watching um, when I'm making breakfast and stuff. I think the next one I may sit and watch is um, breaking bad. I, I'm not sure yet. That's like way darker. So I'm not a hundred percent sure that's what I'm going to watch, but I might. Um, so I've been doing that. I, I've had very little free time. The small amount of free time I've had, I've been playing Skyblock Sky Odyssey, which is a Skyblock um, Minecraft uh, game. It is a really interesting. Um, it's a really interesting setup. I don't know if you've never played Skyblock Skyblock before. You start out on a little island um, with nothing, and you basically have to synthesize your way up to everything. But this game has a couple twists in it because this one's put together by FTB. So it's actually pretty professionally put together. Um, it has um, this little, uh, it's called Beast Coin, but it's essentially Bitcoin miner engine that you build that gets you these coins that let you buy things um, that you need in the game, like ore, like, you know, like iron ore, emerald, whatever. And then um, using this mod called EMC, um, basically anything that you've built once you can put into this EMC table. And as long as you have enough matter in the table, you can pull out as many copies of an item that you need. So like once you teach it what a diamond is, as long as you have enough EMC, you can just pull diamonds out as you need them. So it lets you build things pretty wildly. If you can build it once, um, if you can fabricate it once and get it into your EMC table, then you can have as many copies as you need. Certain items are not EMCable. So there's a trick to this. Like you can't overgame the game because certain items will not go in the EMC table. But for instance, I was able to, um, uh, and I don't even know where I am progression wise in this game. I still think it's fairly early, but I was able to craft an angel ring, which in a skyblock game is very good. Um, has, as I've already fallen to my death twice before. Um, and, um, I was able to um, zip ahead on um, thermal. So I now have uh, viaducts connecting all of my little islands that I have built for different purposes. So I can just get into my viaduct and be like, take me to my power grid, take me to whatever. Um, and it's still pretty scalable because I haven't even scratched the, um, I haven't even scratched the surface in all the technology packs. Like it's got some really high end stuff uh, on the tail end of it. It's fun. It's a fun little uh it's a fun little pack to kind of mess around with. Um if you like uh if you like building items and building structures because in Skyblock there are no monsters. Um because there's no night and there's no extra land and there's nothing to mine. So 
Uh, as long as you, you know, throw up a few torches when you build a enclosed structure, you won't get anything spawning. So you're pretty much on your own. Um, I've built a couple monster spawners and automated them so that it's basically just killing monsters for me so I can get drops. Um, but um, it's interesting. It's a very different kind of Minecraft based on how they laid out uh, the mods. Like the early introduction of EMC is a is very much a game changer in terms of how you play the game uh, because you can um, you can build as long as you find a way and there are a couple of paths to it as long as you find a way to keep building up emc um, you can build whatever you need as long as you can get one of them and get it into the table so it's fun it's fun i just haven't had a lot of time to play it but when i have i've found it to be quite enjoyable uh, and I watched Loki as well. Uh, Loki was fantastic. We can't talk about it. It's too early. Yeah, um, no. It is everything that I wanted. Um, it mm-hmm. is weird. Um, it definitely set the tone for stage four um, in the, it, it, within that episode. There's a whole bunch of stuff that kind of hints at stage four um, and what's coming. And um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I thought it was, um, I thought it was well done. Mm-hmm. So good stuff. And of course, Loki, right? So, yeah. Tom Hiddleston all the all the time, right? Yeah. Anyway, that's that's good for us. We should we should start packing up and getting out of here. We landed like pretty much on time. Yeah, we did a nice job. Yeah. Um, for people um, listening and watching um, that don't know, FTB in the um, in the reference to Minecraft is not fear the boot. It is feed the beast. Yes, <clears throat> it is a uh, it is a group of modders and um, and players that build very. Um, that build very specific and very professional quality mod packs for, um, for mine, for Minecraft. Very cool stuff. All right. That brings us to the end of the show and it's time for the Patreon shout outs. So thank you very much to Savannah Sizer, Steve Bissonette, Steve Radabaugh, T. Kustik, Theodore Atkinson, Tom Hay, Victor Wyatt, Noah Bond, Alice Kira, and Austin Lemke. And thank you to everyone for listening tonight. If you are free on Tuesday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. The Queen's Time, come join us live on Twitch, where you can chat with other listeners in our awesome chat room for life and ask us the occasional question. If you can't make a live show, check out our podcast each week, wherever you get your podcasts. And take a listen to some of our other shows in the Mr. Mark Network, such as There are Super Geeks, starting this Thursday, Mastering Dungeons, Bonestone Obsidian, the FM Games, Hannah Stocking Games, The Gnome Has, Cast, Jimmy Hustle, The Lounge, Voice Experience, and back episodes of She's a Super Geek. You can and should also check out our sibling podcasts, Tabletop Bellhop, The Knights of the Night, and the always amazing Gaming BS. After you have sent out your invites and before you set your schedule for your friend con, leave us some feedback. You can reach us directly via the old-fashioned email, mmp at misdirectedmark.com. You can hit us up on Twitter. The show and the network is at misdirectedmark. He is Robert M. Everson. He is GM Gerrymander, and I am DNA Phil. If you like what we do here and on the other shows in the Misdirected Mark Network, you can support our Patreon campaigns. This show, Mastering Dungeons, and Pandas Talking Games are at patreon.com slash MMP. Zhangu Hustle is at patreon.com slash Zhangu Hustle. And Bonus Experience is at patreon.com slash bonus experience. Patrons of MMP, Mastering Dungeons, and Pandas Talking Games get access to the after show, pre-production show notes, musical parodies, the Bamboo Lounge, and other special releases. This has been a Mr. Mark production. 
the media arm of Encoded Designs. Mic drop. Yo.